Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But the days of searching the shelves for hidden gems and overlooked call classics is never ending. Join us while we drown in a sea of streaming options and ask the question, what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank. I'm Scott. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm still choking from the water. You know, he was in Death Proof with Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Who? Ian McShane. Oh, Ian McShane. Did you, you looked up Ian McShane? <laughs> yeah. He was also in John Wick. He's yeah. in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's Odin in uh, American Gods. American Gods? Yeah, you never watched American Gods? It was on Stars. It no. Was based on oh, a I like, Neil never Gaiman had Stars. Thing. Yeah. Fucking too many streaming platforms. Yeah. God, it's... <laughs> At least you're on... <laughs> you got Showtime for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I mean, that's that's what it led to. Yeah. I, and I got to watch Yellow Jackets, which was the best fucking show I have ever seen. I it's think. so good. I've never been so excited to get back to watching something in years, years and years. Like you, you didn't know, have to wait for each week. We had to wait. Yeah, fuck that for shit. new episodes. I don't, I don't like doing it that way. I don't think that we should do it that way anymore. At yeah. least give me two, mm-hmm. or like make two hour episodes. I don't fucking care. It's a weird debate that we'll have all the time where we'll be like, you know, I don't really feel like committing to a movie. So I'm going to watch six hours of TV. Well, you could have watched three movies. Yeah. <laughs> but in your head, it's a good compromise. Yeah. I don't understand why the choice has to be that complicated. Making the choice to like watch a TV show and get stuck in it for six straight hours is see, should be the, the heavier choice than picking a movie. Yeah. It, it's, it's the commitment to the movie somehow stronger in your mind where you're willing to give up a longer amount of time. Yeah, I missed the time in my life when I had enough time to just be like, I'm going to watch everything. All of it. Oh, yeah, no. You with know, a kid? It, that disappeared. Movie for breakfast? Well, yeah, once we had, uh, you know, our little one, it was, uh, there goes that extra TV time. No more killing seasons in two, two, three days. Oh, we fucking did. I took Yellow Jackets down in two fucking days. Like, <laughs> and that was just because, like, I wanted to leave, we wanted to leave five for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, five today, five tomorrow. Which is a lot of TV, but... It was easy. See, we put so much time into it and having to wait week to week. I think we actually saved the last one for two weeks before we watched it. We wanted some sort of finale feeling. That's what I did with Severance. But also the same thing. Like like the last episode, I said that was the best fucking TV show well, I've ever seen. You keep talking about it. There's these other it, original. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But nobody but you told me about Yellow Jackets. Other people had talked about it as though they meant to watch it. I saw articles about it because the cast is fucking amazing. I talked about it as much as I could, but I only know one other person, you know, before you who actually watched Yellow Jackets. I was the only one. So at Olympia, oh that, God, that's, that's so all that we had. Good. Christina Ricci's so good. Christina Ricci was amazing. That She yeah, pulls they, that off. They paired the castings with the younger versions of themselves so fucking good and don't worry we're not gonna i'm not gonna talk about the plot of yellow jackets you should just watch it because it's fucking amazing yeah if you were around know anything about the 90s you know it's nostalgic i mean a lot of nostalgia the music the weird everything. fucking thing like i was like oh my god is that republica and my wife was like i don't know what that is <laughs> She was like, that song sounds familiar. And I like looked it up and I was like, Republic had one fucking song. When we were in like teenagers, they had all those like MTV fashion shows. And when they were just experimenting with bullshit back then, we've we've officially given up on showing you or music if, videos. If it was on some half-assed video game at the time. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. How bands would do that in the nineties, early two thousands, and even now. Yeah, you just hear these random bands and song and uh, video games. You're like, what? Oh my god, Rob Zombie must be loaded for all the video game licensing he did, twisted metal games and shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for anyone who's frustrated with the rattling of my voice. We're at full austin allergy bullshit every car is yellow we're, we're gonna come through this and you're gonna be like did you guys get a new host for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> this person sounds completely different i did the yard this last weekend my wife was like what's wrong with your eyes <clears throat> they were just so bloodshot and red it was bad oh god it's terrible i don't even leave the house that much yeah but yellow jackets it was fucking amazing the entire fucking cast is women there's like three dudes in the whole show three or four maybe like main characters i love the way they bounce back and forth as you mentioned the way the characters match very well yeah it, to young. It, it felt like lost like in its heyday before we everyone was disenchanted with lost you know that lost. first season where everybody was like what the fuck what's in the hatch and the balls of like <laughs> Severance and Yellow Jackets cliffhanger season finales. If you don't give me a hardcore cliffhanger season finale, do you even deserve another season? Uh, do you want me to come back? Yeah. Do you even, do you even care? Well, they, there's too many shows now that I'm like, oh, that's over. Uh, oh, there's more. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess I'll watch it. I, I said it last time, but that fucking Russian Doll, man. See, uh, you I, haven't I seen it, have you? I did yeah. not catch it's Russian Doll. I'm for Groundhog Day as a genre. We can make things that are Groundhog Day. Figure out your way out of this endless loop. But uh, no Needle Nose Ned? No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. He's in Californication, though, and he's really good. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's in, like, the last... He's probably in it more than not, at, at, like, overall episodes. But he plays, like, Stu is, like, a producer with a giant penis awesome yeah i'm proud of him yeah, he's made he, it a long he's way like, i may look like a nerd but <laughs> <laughs> i have a giant penis oh man a real dirk diggler complex yeah huh? yeah uh nice i get it <laughs> <laughs> that made it sound like i was bragging about my penis <laughs> that's not what i meant i meant that if i had a horse cock i'd probably want to shout out to everyone yeah Put that bitch on, on, on center stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that guy who got a horse cock in high school and couldn't stop showing everyone. Everybody. Like, look, look. Everybody. Everybody knows that yeah, one yeah, guy. Good luck finding somebody to let you stick that thing in. <laughs> what if they're all that big? And more things I have to chop out of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything was fine. And then Scott started talking about Yeah, I think teenage sometimes boys, you talk to me penises. like you're. Yeah, I feel like sometimes low key you're talking to me, you're worried about what I'm going to say. <laughs> but then you're over here talking about horse oh, no. cocks. If, if, if I if I talk to you about it, it's just I need someone to project <laughs> to the project. things that I'm trying to tell myself. Like, hey, don't say that kind of stuff. Well, the pandemic has made me very bad at censoring the shit that I think is funny because I shouldn't say it at all. <laughs> oh, or just the level of hatred that I've developed for people as a whole. Being yeah. able to work from home for so long and having to get back into society and seeing what's happened over this over this period of time. Yeah, I feel a little sketched out driving every time. I don't know if any of these people feel this way, but it's probably all of them. On you know? the way to your house, a semi-truck with the trailer stopped too far past the line at a red light. I'm going over into the turn lane because no one's there to go around him. He's backing up, it turns out. The reverse light's on the trailer is so dirty, I didn't see it. <laughs> I look at the guy because you're in a big ass truck. It's like he didn't even check. That's the guy in yeah. a semi truck. Just being home all the time. Everybody has to be driving around like they're new. And fuck, I bet like all of those like uh, truck drivers are all fucking 
if they didn't have a dash brand cam before, new. they have a dash cam now. Well, they're, or they're brand new. I'm sure they lost tons of workforce. And it's one of those industries where people don't make what they should. They don't make what they used to. Yeah. And that's the problem with getting all that fresh blood in there. It's these people just looking for something. It's not necessarily there's something they're wanting to do or they were good at it. And that's scary. Jesus. Yeah. No, watch <laughs> some of those shows. I got stuck on a show once. Uh, the big part of it was these guys who had no idea what the hell they were doing. Like, yeah, man, you might want to put some snow chains on. When the entire highway's iced over. Yeah, we say that we're in Texas and nobody does any. Like when fucking snows like three inches, everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. don't leave your house. They don't know how to act. I was managing a restaurant downtown and then it like froze overnight, rained a little bit. I drove to work and I was like, wow, it's dead out here today. <laughs> like drove to work just fine. Got to work, set up the restaurant, got mad at all my employees for, for not, not being, being there. there. And then called the fucking office and they were like, we closed every store today. Why did you go to work? And I was like, for what? If Central Texas gets any form of ice, everything shuts down. It was really weird. I wish they had told me before I drove down there because apparently like all the way to work was a slight downgrade, <laughs> you know, like from like airport and Lamar down and to you just, downtown. You just didn't notice or? No, I, like I, I was I was like fine getting there the whole way. And then they were like, no, go home. What the fuck are you doing? And so I had to drive uphill on the ice all the way back. And I was like, oh, this is why people have got to work. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't have any means of dealing with it. The road crews are not prepared here. There's never salt. There's never gravel. They don't know what to do either. It seems even if we have an adverse weather event, they still don't prepare better for the next time. They don't help. You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that uh, a little little hardship, it's not as hard as we make it out to be sometimes. No. And so I don't know why everyone is reacting so I just poorly. know that it's, everything's going to shut down, so I yeah. assume it's going to be we a free day. We should all have to be in a plane crash and then eat one of our friends because <laughs> <laughs> I think it would make you, it makes your life more interesting. Certainly. If they're preserved in the ice and snow, why not? Uh, but yeah, watch Yellow Jackets. It's amazing. It's alive with teenage girls and Lost and The Witch and... Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, there was a lot of shit going on in that show. Not to give away anything. Speaking of alive, the director of Congo directed Alive. And Congo is the movie we're watching today. Congo! <laughs> Which... Uh, uh, Amy the, Love! The reasons I thought it was bad when I was younger are... Not the reasons I thought it was bad now. <laughs> Yet, at the same time, very enjoyable to watch. But Congo felt like the entire thing was shot on a soundstage. There was that time in the 90s where there was lots of soundstage jungle going on. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed almost every movie was in the jungle or somewhere like that. Yeah, like that perfectly and glossy leaves and, and that soundstage jungle light <laughs> you yeah know what i mean interesting story though i thought the same thing and i remember back in the day when it was on hbo they used to do um behind the scenes and the special effects were a big deal because they were they were decent for the time yeah and while thinking it was a stage i wondered well, where did they shoot this and they actually shot it over 15 different locations yeah some of it was for sure a soundstage some, like, oh most definitely so like you're inside. But they went as far to they Costa Rica, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda. That I wonder if those weren't just exterior shots. Possibly. I think a lot Possibly. of them were there were some people were outside for parts of this movie. They there were, were they some were of those? definitely at an airport. At well, one the point. mountains in the background? Yeah, for sure. Some of those were definitely on site. Some of those were blue screen as fuck though. Some of them were. Give give us a summary of the movie. 
So summary of the movie. So this is Congo. This is 1995. Yeah, if you don't remember the movie coming out, you remember the fucking Pepsi ads with the fucking gorilla drinking Pepsi. <laughs> like she wants a Pepsi. <laughs> this gorilla wants a fucking martini. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's uh, it's based on a book by Michael Crichton. Height of Michael Crichton time. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh. Buy up every Michael Crichton property and make fucking timeline. One day we, we have to talk about Jurassic Park just so I can talk about Jurassic Park. I know you. I've got so much to say about it. I know it. you do. I, and every, I know it. I know it's like a big movie, and it's great. But God, I love. It. Anyway, yeah. I feel like every episode is going to be us trying to get through the summary without <laughs> thinking of something else in the middle of the fucking movie. <laughs> oh yeah, remember? <laughs> yeah, we're oh we were summarizing the movie. So, you know, it starts off a telecommunication company search for diamonds. Things get crazy. It starts with a satellite call. You see violence. Something happens. The crew is lost. Um, an employee of the communications company, she goes out on a search and rescue mission. Well, at the same time, we're introduced to a talking gorilla named Amy. Her primatologist handlers at a university. He has taught this gorilla to talk using a machine while she's doing sign language. So you've got a talking gorilla. You've got a communications company trying to make it into the jungle. Well, they're trying to get the gorilla back home as well. Yeah, there are a lot of plot lines going on at once in there, this movie. There are, there are. The the ex-CIA agent communications company employee just happens to be the ex of one of the people who's gone missing on the expedition. Um at the same time, a mysterious what is he Romanian philanthropist played by Tim Curry. Played by Tim Curry comes into the picture because oh, they have to find a way to fund Amy's trip back to the Congo. Yeah, and Tim Curry's accent is fucking horrendous. <laughs> I think Tim Curry is tremendous. He is a fantastic fucking actor. Well, in the he's, movie, the, he's one of the best bad guys of my childhood. In the movie, his name is Herkimahalmoka. Man, yeah, I'm glad you remember these Herkimahalmoka. fucking character names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is ridiculous, and it, even for Tim Curry. I mean, but you've got two different groups trying to make their way to the Congo. Oh, what do you know? They find their way together. You know, the telecommunications company employee has to has to pay for the gas. So that's where they get together. They go to the Congo. Yeah, he didn't mention that for some reason, Bruce Campbell in the beginning of it, he's looking for the diamond. And that's how the catalyst for the movie. And Bruce Campbell isn't in this movie. That was one of the main things I remembered about the movie was <laughs> yeah. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell was in it for what? Five minutes? Yeah. Five minutes. Five minutes. Maybe it's the first five minutes. Yeah, he's. He's just there to do the Bruce Campbell scream. Yeah. Because then he dies. But we don't know whether he's dead or not. <laughs> well, you, and we met, uh, he auditioned for the part of the primatologist. He didn't get it. So he got that small part in the movie instead. At the very end in the credits, there was a featured actors. It came before the cast and he was the first one. Mr. Echo from Lost was the second one. And then the other one was a guy I didn't even notice was in the movie. They were like separated from the cast. And then there was a list of 50 people in the movie. And I was like, what the fuck? Do you remember them doing that to movies? No. Like highlighting like just this thing? Well, with you know, there's always the and with you know what I mean? It's this it's is like the cast in the and the end credits, with. though. It's like they weren't even listed in order of appearance or anything like that. It was literally like oh, they you're had talking about end credits. End, I thought you were talking yeah, about opening in the credits. End credits. Oh, he was like a featured cast member. And so who was he in the movie? Bruce Campbell. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, you or you mean Mr. Echo? Mr. Echo from Lost, who I I can't pronounce his name. I'm not even going to attempt to do it. (laughs) He played. If you wanted an African guy around that time, you got all the people in this movie. It was kind of weird. Yeah, the guy who played uh his character name in the movie was what was it? Kahega. Kahega, yeah. He was in Oz. His exception 
to what I said, Ernie Hudson was not, he was he South African? Do you feel like he's South African? South African, yeah, because if you notice when he first pulls up at the airport, it's mm-hmm. got the, uh, what's that flag? The the UK flag. What yeah, I remember <laughs> when I was younger, I thought he was just doing a really fuck awful British accent. Mm-hmm. And now that I've like heard a South African accent, to a, it would make to more sense more of if he extent. was South African. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like it was a cause of like, the British Empire yeah, maybe, kind of a thing? Yeah, because I don't remember Tim Curry having a bad accent in this. I did remember Ernie Hudson having a bad accent. Well, I just love the way, how, you know, you meet, they're like, I'm from South Africa. South Africa. South Africa, yeah. They have this way of saying, yeah. I'm from South Africa. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like the accent. Okay, one more thing before we get too far off. I mean, um, I feel like that's the tone of this conversation, how it's already started, <laughs> is kind of how this movie is. Yeah. The, like, fucking t- so many Until plot you lines. talked about it, I didn't realize how there were so many plot lines and how they're actually talking about what they're doing while they're doing it. That it, was It's out loud. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I told Frank this <laughs> earlier because he was like, yeah, the dialogue, I would be able to tell what was happening in the movie from the other room. That's because everything they say in the whole movie is what they're doing currently. <laughs> Like, they're like, we're going to go down here. And you're like, yeah, I can see that. You're on camera going down the hill. <laughs> like, that's great. And like, the, the gorillas are coming at us. That was what the last five shots of the movie were. <laughs> well, so these two expeditions come together. They end up at the airport, and I think it's supposed to be Tanzania. More like an exposition, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's where we come into Ernie Hudson, the guide with experience. Ernie Hudson was really great, too. I, I feel it. like I misremembered him poorly. His in this name movie. is Captain Monroe Kelly. Came in a little strong in that first scene with that accent. He pulled it back a little bit, <laughs> and then he you started to really like that character. It's it's great. Yeah, he's consistent. He's yeah, but, consistent. Yeah. So the gist of it is this guy who's training gorillas wants to take his gorilla he's taught sign language back to the jungle. Meanwhile, Laura Linney is trying to search for the expedition that got lost, searching for diamonds for the telecommunications company. Bruce Campbell's father. Who is not concerned with his death. He's concerned with diamonds to fire a laser that is something for communications, as you said. You know, that actor's name, by the way, is Joe Don Baker. (laughs) He looks like a Joe Don. Joe Don plays the same fucking dude in every Every movie. movie. And he's fucking great at it. It's like when Senator Fred Thompson was in movies. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that, like, play like a Texas senator. And he would just be eating barbecue and it was on his face. But he still thought he was You know who else is you? like that? Robert Lagia. <laughs> yes. yes. It's another one of those. They always play the same person. What else was he in? Robert Lagia? Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, Necessary Roughness, the yeah. football movie. He was in Independence Day. Independence Day. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of him in. And by the way, Independence Day Resurgence. Is that what the I never one? saw it. It's basically a duplicate. Oh, it's like a, a cover song? It's. It's the those, same. Sometimes his movies thing. are cover songs. Of you know, the hit. Not, not to mention Robocop again, but it's the same thing. Robocop from Robocop 2, it's almost the same thing. It's just a little different. That's weird to do in a sequel if it hasn't been. I guess Independence Day came out when we were middle schoolers or something. Yeah, it was 96, I believe, yeah. because the 20 year anniversary was when the second one came yeah, out, which is when Yellow Jackets takes place. <laughs> <laughs> 1996. Yeah, it was a good year for like remembering pop culture. I guess so. Like, I feel like that was like the the creamy center of the ding dong that was the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's make a note. Maybe go back and see what movies were hot in 96. Uh, yeah, I bet they had Republican. And <laughs> definitely the Prodigy. Definitely. The pro- maybe some Bush. Or, yeah. No, a little early for Bush or right there? Maybe, that, that maybe was, a hair early. That was like a razor blade early. suitcase Bush era. 
because they were really pumping that shit on TRL. This is when TRL started, 1996. No way. Yeah, that was when hell was unleashed on Earth, and we only got to see eight seconds of a music video for the rest of our lives. Changed music forever. Yeah, and then they had to make a new channel. Outside of the reality program, that could have been the downfall of the music video. I always thought it was weird that they made NPV2 for the music videos. Like, they were like, well, we... We're just we'll gonna do put this. Them, we're gonna put them over here, and then over time, MTV Two also turned into MTV. It became the channel for twenty four seven ridiculousness. Is what happened. If it wasn't for MTV, we wouldn't have Dead Man on Campus. Oh my God, Dead Man on Campus is the shit. <laughs> my name is Cliff, brother of Joe. <laughs> no, it's it's really the story is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jason Mata. Yeah, the papers, Josh. <laughs> the papers. <laughs> Oh my god. We uh, watched that not too long ago. Did you? Yeah, it was great. I haven't seen it in years. Uh what's his name? Mark Paul Glossier? Zach Morris. Zach Morris. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe it. Zach Morris was slipping my mind. How did could you I ever watch that com uh Funnier Die had the Zach Morris is trash no, episodes? No, 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 oh my no. god, it's amazing. He goes through every episode of Saved by the Bell uh-huh. and explains to you why everything Zach Morris does is fucking evil <laughs> and fucked up. Like it's like he tries to get like a girl in a wheelchair asked to prom in one of the episodes. Doesn't learn his lesson ever. So somewhere out there, there was a fan theory and they were right. Was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's oh, what I, yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> he, like, d- he does it so tastefully. No, too. I've never seen that. But as soon as you said it. Watch it. They condense like an episode down to five minutes. He like explains the entire episode to you and why the entire catalyst for it. Everything is Zach being a fucking sociopath that talks to the camera. <laughs> Like, you, I mean, you want to do trivia. Who's the villain of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Answer me that question. <laughs> it's not Principal Mooney. Leave it at that. <laughs> My lips are sealed. <laughs> I make people really mad when we talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Hint. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're smart. You guys are smart. Figure it out. Yeah. You, you got it. You got it. You know who it is. Mm. Who's the villain? <laughs> i haven't seen that in a minute either it's been a while but i, I don't remember pee. her name was she the wife in time cop oh i think she might have been the wife in tom Cl- tom clop <laughs> in tom clop in tom in tom clop tom clock oh, no, the 90s action it. movie with jcvd <laughs> tom clock i like no time, time cop. cop time cop is a comic book movie from the 80s is it? There's a lot of fucking comic books. There. I have like, almost zero comic book knowledge. Just want to throw this out there. Yeah. So, so Scott's going to guide me on. Yeah, we're things. not going to. I don't want to do like a whole talk about. You haven't seen the Batman yet. No. And I talk shit about long movies a lot. And I'm not an editor. I don't know what needs to be cut out of it. I do know that I watched a three hour Batman movie and I didn't give a shit how long it was. I didn't want it to end. And that is a really good superhero movie to me. I'm looking for that really good block of time where I could try and watch it in one sitting. Yeah, it wasn't like, I I remember I didn't go see Blade Runner, the Blade Runner sequel, the Mm -hmm. 2049 or whatever. Was it 2149? No, because 2019. I think it was 2049. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, because the first one takes place in 2019, right? So it has to be long enough for Harrison Ford to become hunched and sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't want him to be in another Indiana Jones movie. I don't like seeing Indiana Jones all hunched over. Fucking bothers me. <laughs> you know, I saw a little factoid or a little trivia the other day. Mel Brooks asked permission from George Lucas to do Spaceballs. Uh-huh. 
George Lucas's one request was don't let the guy look like Han Solo, who's going to be the Han Solo. Oh. So Mel Brooks made him look loosely like Indiana Jones with the That's jacket. That's really funny. Holy <laughs> yes. fuck. I read that and it blew my mind because I'm like, it's not like it, but it is. You know, he's got like some khakis. And oh my God. Yeah, so that was Mel Brooks's like, okay, he won't look like Han Solo. George Lucas, here you go. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. That's wild. Yep. I love fucking that was, Mel Brooks. I, I saw that and it... I, and Mel I Brooks' really, son, Max Brooks. Max, Max Brooks wrote uh, World War Z and the oh. Zombie Survival Guide. He's hilarious and really, really smart. I'll He's have been to check on him out. Uh, what's Bill Maher's show called? Real Time? Yeah, Real yeah, Time. Yeah. Bill Maher bothers me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what bothers me more is I agree with him all the time. <laughs> no, but he, he becomes almost unbearable, unbearable to me as time passes. I have to pee again. <laughs> oh, and when you get back, we'll talk about the movie. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh shit yeah let's see the part of the 727 pilot was played by musician and pop icon jimmy buffett congo trivia <laughs> it's congo trivia oh okay did you hear that last one yeah no I, I I wasn't reading them well, but I did you know the, twist, I was running. <laughs> the 727 pilot was played by jimmy buffett oh yeah blew okay. out my yeah, flip so flop <laughs> Kelly th- Kelly thought that that was Sam Neill, which was a really weird thing. She was like, "Was Sam Neill the pilot?" And I was no like, way. "No, this is after Jurassic Park, right?" Yes, like right after. Uh, so I believe Jurassic Park is ninety two or ninety three. Oh my god, it, Jurassic Park looks so much better than Congo. Yeah, well, think about that. That was Steven Spielberg. Spielberg was not oh, a part of Congo. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. If you go into the early 90s with Spielberg money, you're going to get Jurassic Park. If yeah. you go into the mid-90s without Steven Spielberg money, you get Congo When money. I looked at... What's the director's name? Frank Marshall. Frank Marshall. When, yeah, I don't know how I keep forgetting that. It's too... <laughs> your your name is Frank, and that is just like a... That is a serious name. It's like just Frank right Marshall. in there. Frank Marshall. Yeah. Okay. So looking at his career... He directed a live, which scarred the shit out of me when I was a little kid. And then he directed some other things, mostly documentaries that looked like his, the beginning of his career was uh, directing the behind the scenes stuff for movies. Mm-hmm. So like the additional content. But that didn't make any sense to me either because it's before we did that. Well, his executive producer. Oh, his list of like, if you've watched a movie, Frank Marshall was had there some were so money many in that things movie. that he touched. Yeah, yeah. You know, his credits for executive producer were insane. Here, wait, I've got some of them right here. Signs, uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's got Indian be, in the cupboard. Yeah, he's got to be one of those guys that's with a t- a team of people making a movie at one time, and then he was like, "I want to do that," but what he's good at is pushing the money around, you know, making sure everything stays on budget and to be in the the array of movies that he was involved with because they're all over the place. One of the other ones on the list is yeah, Milk ha- Money. Yeah, he has to be incredible. Do you remember Milk Money? Yeah, he has he has to be <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. Yes, I remember Milk Money. Actually, I remember it fondly. A boy brings home a prostitute to fill the void of a missing mother. Oh my god! I, need to I watch watched Milk that Money at nine again. years old. And oh, it, me too. That I, was a family and, movie, and I was like, "One day I'll get a hooker." <laughs> yeah, it's not even crazy. It's just the yeah. fact. I feel I, like in the '90s when we were like really started watching movies in the '90s, and then all the way up into to when I was a video store clerk in the 2000s. I think that we made it very clear that like little kids could. Uh, 
get prostitutes and stuff. That's what little boys were thinking of. I don't think it comes up in movies as often that like oh, little no. boys are fucking gross little monsters <laughs> that want to fuck everything. But even before they want to fuck everything, they don't know what they their feeling is. So they're like, we're going to, you know. Well, that film in particular, it's not a hardcore movie. No, they, it's a family movie. It's yeah, just the they want to see a naked lady. They, they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that movie kind of fell to the wayside. Yeah. I mean, blank check, man. That kid gets a straight up kiss from a full grown woman. It's fucked up. I don't remember that part. Yeah, at the end of Blank Check, like the this adult <gasps> woman has been the love it. interest the entire movie. Yes, that's and right. And then she remember that. gives him a romantic kiss at the end of the movie. And you took it as that surface level. Shit does not mean the same things to children. Oh, you know, man, rewatching stuff like this. I'll be like, oh, fuck me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't catch any of that. I'm sure that you will think that my daughter is going to be scared of this. And she isn't. When I look back at the things we watched when we were kids, I was like, well, why would somebody let me watch fucking Congo? Like, this is gruesome. Oh, yeah. I was already off the leash way before Congo. Kids don't take shit that way. That is, It's an adventure to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we keep making so many things nowadays that are just kids in the 80s and 90s doing stuff. Yellow Jackets, to bring it back around again. Stranger Things. Uh, all these Movies that and TV shows, they take place at this time where you didn't have cell phones and you weren't constantly monitoring your children. It's that's such a fascinating phenomenon to me that all around that like your kids are fully exposed to way more things now. Like (laughs) access to pornography is. Yeah, man. Easy. You got seven, eight year old cell phones. Yeah, I had to dig that shit up in the woods and how how to get out there. A lot yeah. of hunters masturbating. That's what. <laughs> when you had to keep track of a. Of yeah, a, a I, if, if somebody I grew up with in West Virginia is listening to this, tell me why there was so much porn buried in the woods. <laughs> no, man. We, you know, I remember kids would pass around porn on discs. You know what I mean? You'd throw that shit on a disc and it was images. It wasn't videos. It oh, was yeah. images. It was pictures. Yeah. I think we talked about that during the special that. You had to download a piece of porn. <laughs> you had to print that shit out. And then your mom would come home halfway through it and you'd like turn the printer off. <laughs> Not uh, but like she'd turn the printer back on. And so she'd get the lower half. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. No, if it wasn't that, it was, oh, I'm the one who had a scanner. So we were trying to make fake money to get pizza from at lunchtime. Holy shit, you did that? We did that. That's awesome. It worked. You just had to get the green as best you could and then crumple up the paper because it felt nothing like money paper. Those lunch ladies didn't see it coming. Three of us took part in doing it once and we just were so sketched out we never did it again. Oh, right. I'm distracted today. We're talking about a movie. Oh, squirrel. (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) I see something shiny. Okay, so he's taking care of this monkey and sorry, gorilla. It's a gorilla, not a monkey, Scott. It's not a monkey. It's a gorilla, not a monkey. Pepsi. There was a lot of Pepsi in this movie, too. Oh, product placement? Yeah. I made notes on... There was Taco Bell. Five Pepsi cans. Uh, The Hershey's. OG Hershey's in the brown wrapper. That's what Bruce Campbell's eating on the steps. Uh, When they first do the pan of Amy's trailer at the university, Taco Bell is perfectly organized. Yeah, they had to pay for this movie. I also had read that, like, they dumped an insane amount of money into Stan Winston making the, the gorillas. mutant gorillas at the end of this movie. He was mad. The way they shot it looked like a bunch of dudes running around in bear suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you managed to piss off Stan Winston. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what did, they ended up making 12 suits or something like that. They yeah, were limited yeah. to 12 suits. Like different faces. And, and he said it was the lighting. And, and this movie 
fucked the lighting up so bad that I was like, the whole movie, I was like, you're on a soundstage. It's so weird. <laughs> you know, oh, look how glossy those leaves are. And it's a movie that's lit well is something else. That was something with the Batman. That movie was lit just so Batman. So <laughs> Batman. Know? The amount of care that was taken to make everything look real compared to fucking Congo, which, man, it... it it was some some blue screen skies here and there and well and then the lava at the end yeah okay you know, so let's get into the story of like the the weird plot leaps that they make in this movie yeah so i mean <laughs> I it starts about. at the airport there's a lot going down at the airport when they first get there well before the airport even the whole amy the gorilla who can do sign language plot thread starts with him being like her mental faculties were starting to break down until she started painting and then he looks around her room and it looks like a jungle because of all these paintings this gorilla has done. Oh, and not to mention one of the paintings is of a weird cat eye and Tim Curry latches onto that and is like, this fucking gorilla knows where a lost city is. She's seen something. She knows where Which it's Which is at. ultimately the most interesting part of the movie. The telecommunications thing, the ape thing. I would rather see bad accent Romanian Tim Curry hunting for treasure than <laughs> us to have all these plot lines or this weird who is Laura Linney in this movie supposed to be flirting with yeah because she, uh, she concerned was, about losing her she ex she was very charmed by Ernie Hudson though yeah she's like, charmed she by like, her, like oh he's adventurous uh, he's, he's a ghost he's hardcore like me but at the same time she she flirts with the, the the goofy professor. They set up them being opposites. But then for the next half hour of the movie, she doesn't pay attention to him. He babies his monkey who apparently thinks it's his mother. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, and and by the way, the professor the primatologist is played by Dylan Walsh. Now my mind automatically goes to Nip Tuck. <laughs> but Dylan Walsh in the 90s was one of those mop head actors that they they put in everything. In the late 90s, like they how really Paul Rudd wanted started? bouncy hair boys. Paul Rudd know? had that when yeah. he was first doing the that thing. Wavy hair, bouncy yeah, hair. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Walsh was definitely one of those guys. That's I I I have trouble remembering him in anything else. Uh, he's one of those that I couldn't tell you other movies offhand. Oh, no, 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 not at all. TV shows, for sure. TV shows. He was one of those people that resigned to, to the series. I feel like in the late, two, like, you know, 2008, 2010, he did like a horror thriller type thing where he's like a crazy dad or stepdad. Nim Tuck is one of those things that's like The Wire with me. Uh -huh. People kept telling me to watch The Wire, and I kept starting it and being like, I don't fucking like this. <laughs> I never started like, it. People feel like they'd make me feel bad about it. You didn't like the wire. Yeah. I was fucking bored, man. That don't change characters on me every season. I feel like more than one person has cornered me and bitched me out about the amount of stuff I consume, but I won't watch the wire. And it didn't even become like a, a spiteful thing. I kept trying and kept being like, I don't fucking like this show. <laughs> You're going to get the Oz effect. Recently, when I tried to start Oz again, oh, it's not Oz, the same. They, yeah, well, that was probably it's part not of the it. same as how I remember it, it when it came really out. Really dated, and like the it just the editing of the TV shows at that time. It was edgy then. It was edgy, yeah. and dark, but but now no, it just looks bad. Mr. Echo's in that too. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. I'm just gonna keep calling him Mr. Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo. <laughs> I love Mr. Echo. Man. Yeah, but so yeah. Yeah, uh, me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Dylan Walsh. Yeah, he's he he plays that role well. Yeah, he so he gets martinis for his monkey, his gorilla, and 
<laughs> raindrop drink. Raindrop drink. Amy want raindrop drink. And her uh, sign language interpreter is a glove that somehow knows she she knows one handed sign language. Is there one handed sign language? I, There's got to be a one armed deaf guy. Around, hey, right? is it shorthand? If you're a one eyed deaf guy, could you please reach out to us on social media, Twitter at Last Clerks? Is that glove, is there one handed sign language? I really want to know. Would that glove be functional? Yeah, with just one hand. Her Nintendo Power Glove. Uh, I it. <laughs> nailed it, dude. It was in the back of my head. I was away. Yeah, good one. Oh man, Power Glove. Yeah, I thought about it like thirty times. I was like, they just really. That's what they ended up they being. Slapped was a weird generic mer- Power Glove on Amy. They were good to go. She had all these fucking paintings all around her room, and so the leap that he makes is. It looks like the jungle in here. Amy wants to go home. I'll take her to the fucking Congo. <laughs> and so he he just buffoons with this gorilla into a war zone and this telecommunications diamond grab and Tim Curry's uh, Nathan Drake fucking Tomb Raider expedition <laughs> where everyone in Africa, all these warlords in Africa think he's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But everybody everybody knows Herkimer. This man owes everyone money. Get him out of here. And we're like, does he owe you money? Maybe you want to hold him down and poke him with something <laughs> or something like that. They're held up by the local government trying to cross the border. And uh, the general is played by Delroy Lindo. Oh, and the, the guy who pulls them over is, I see him in stuff a lot. He's the like tallest guy ever. He played a werewolf in uh, Underworld. In Underworld. Yeah. I know who and you're talking about. That's how I picture him as like his face is forever Underworlded. That's what I knew him from. And it wasn't until this viewing of the Congo that I realized, oh, that's the guy from Underworld. But he's in lots of stuff. He's he one is. of those guys that'll wear makeup. He's like Ron Perlman in the 90s. <laughs> you know, Ron Perlman in the fucking 80s Beauty and the Beast TV show. Ron Perlman's always been that guy that they were like, he'll wear all that shit and not complain about it. Let's hire him to play Hellboy. <laughs> Did 80s Beauty and the Beast have that, uh, what's her name, Daphne Zuniga? Was that her? The one from Spaceballs? Oh, I don't know. You no, no, up. no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, Congo also had Joe, uh, I don't know. <laughs> a cipher from the matrix joe pantaliano joe pants yeah yeah joe pants joe there pants. We, let's call him joe pants joe pants was the finest fucking acting performance in this entire movie though <laughs> because he's just joe he's you know? the hustler he's the hustler equipment guy who gets all the supplies for the expedition he's paid like whoa for. we're talking gorilla uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's worth a lot of money you nailed it there's a scene where he backs up a golf cart and if you look closely, he almost gets clipped by that huge military supply truck that they take. Oh, like it's an accident? It's an accident. Oh, you can damn. tell he kind of fidgets with it and ends up going reverse. He looks back. But by the time he looks back, that big truck's already cutting behind him. Not planned. Joe Pants, fantastic actor, man. He kept rolling with it. He stuff. just kept going, yeah. man. He, you know, and he's looking back, so he sees it. And there's not a cut in the scene, so it's not a stunt driver on the golf One cart. One of these episodes I'm going to make you watch Bound. Bound. Oh, God. Have you seen Bound? I don't think so. Oh, I'm going to make you watch it. Okay, Bound. You know, he of all things, I picture him as, a, you know, he's in those bad boys movies as the captain it's, or lieutenant or whatever. A really, it's erotic thriller mm-hmm. by the Wachowskis pre-Matrix. So they uh, liked him that much to throw him in the Matrix. Yeah. Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon oh. and Joe Pants. So it's like that. Yeah. God, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, yeah, put that on the list. We're we're fucking for sure. <laughs> we're gonna do bound at some point. 
Oh, man. But yeah, so he thinks the gorilla's mental health is going to improve. And Tim Curry wants the gorilla to show him where this lost city is. And then on the plane, he has this whole conversation about the myth of the killer ape. The killer ape. There's no myth of the killer ape. Yeah. But I've never been like, you know, a lot of people think gorillas are, they're killers. <laughs> That's never come up before. The hippopotamuses in this movie. There's a scene where they're crossing the. They're on the, the journey yeah, at and, a point. And two hippopotami. Two hippopotamus. Two hippopotamus. Two hippos. They look even better than the rhinoceros from Ace Ventura when nature calls. This is my favorite movie, rhinoceros. But yeah, these were like Jurassic Park level hippopotamus. They were good. Hippopotamus. I like that scene because it's just, it's one of those things, you know, you think you're on safari in the Congo. Most of the time it's that uh, cliche snake from the branch, which does happen in this movie. Oh yeah, for it sure. Does it does have the Mr. cliche Echo. scene with, yes, yeah. <laughs> it does have, oh, that's Cahaga. Featured actor Cahaga. Cahaga. Yeah. So it does have the cliche snake from the branch scene in the jungle. Yeah. But he's just kind of like. But so outside of them actually having the cliche scene that I thought they avoided, <laughs> it was cool that they were attacked by hippos while crossing the water. Wasn't that guy trying to set his tent up in a flood? Olympia said that. She was, was like, well, like, it's probably not a good idea to set a tent up I in was a like, river. It seems like you <laughs> should have already given up on that, dude. Yeah. I'm glad she pointed that out. Too. She did. Not even me. She's like, why would she do that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I was really upset by that. Leave it. Leave it. Because it's not like it shows a water, like a no, break in the land. No, there's already water going there's around the tent. There's already there where they're setting it up. Super concerned. I couldn't tell if that was Laura Linney or it, it was the skinny little other gorilla trainer. The guy who's in True Lies? Yes. <laughs> Fucking love True I Lies. I didn't even look up his name. The The guy who is... He the was around told, a lot. He was in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, as the side guy. The assistant, the helper, the one in training, the one yeah, lower play, level guy. Yeah, an array of uh, races. Like, he'd be yes. like an Egyptian in a movie, and then he'd be, that, there was that time, mm -hmm. you know? We were post-crying Indian, who was an Italian man, but <laughs> we were still casting. Or Gandhi, still man, doing Sir that. Ben Kingsley, yeah. Gandhi, come. Yeah. And now I know so much more about Gandhi. Oh, nothing is as bad as Short Circuit. <laughs> where this fucking white guy is brown facing for two movies okay to get back to the movie the, the congo was like a it was like a 90s cartoon like movies kind of had that 90s cartoony quality to it it like, really was like they the weren't Phantom as serious Bill, billy zane it was there like, was a little more fantasy adventure involved in these yeah, action movies because i feel like in the 70s things looked really real felt really real in movies in the 70s 90s and early people 80s. weren't as critical in this genre yeah they were making movies in a fun over the top even way volcano again. with tommy lee jones made it in oh the 90s God, yeah i mean that wasn't a flop didn't uh dante's peak come out like the dante's same peak? couple months as it was mid 90s as yeah, well that was one of those linda things. hamilton and you know james bond yeah that was the Pierce time Brosnan. for these big overblown action movies let's go to the jungle and stomp around and something that i did want to mention was the lava doesn't look horrible horrible in the movie nor does the volcanic it eruption didn't, it didn't then oh it, i looked it up a lot of the shots of the erupting volcano are a volcano actually erupting they really one happened to erupt while they were filming we'll see yeah because they filmed at an active volcano yeah so they they went to it and did mm -hmm. it so that's why but there were a lot of like cgi 
But at know. the time, that CGI was really good. Yeah, okay, so now that we're talking about the volcano, the actors inside the gorilla, the mutant gorilla suits. Okay, so as far as plot goes, they make it to the Congo, where Amy is rejected by the gorilla, the silverback gorilla that looks like an angry grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the alpha yeah and he's like i don't know it's talking hand tucky gorilla and he, yeah he, he looks very disapproving or just grumpy yeah disapproving silverback gorilla <laughs> regardless of their strifes and hippopotamus attacks and what have you they got their hippopotamus they're for going Christmas. on on the adventure through the through the jungle um yeah but like they get to the the city and tim curry's right the the gorilla did see the the temple and the lost city he'd been looking for his whole life i thought tim curry was gonna be the bad guy at the beginning of this i remembered so little about this movie in a way he is a bad guy he just has no power yeah he's not he's holding anything sort of over anyone impotent straw man like the epa guy and ghostbusters He's just there to like, we're skipping over a lot of things I would like to point out. Ernie Hudson parachutes out of a plane with a drug gorilla and it's oh, just yeah. a, a big stuffed gorilla. And, and I just wanted to ask, it. I wanted to ask the question, did you know that flares can stop heat seeking rockets? Oh my God. I knew it, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, until I, I saw mean, it if happen. you have a, a standard flare gun, you can definitely take out a heat seeking rocket when you're on a plane, yeah, by that, the way. Yeah, that for sure could work. I, <laughs> I could see Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton wrote a lot of books. There's a varying level of like Jurassic Park, highly researched Michael Crichton and Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, Michael Crichton. <laughs> because da, the Da Vinci Code is my high watermark of hack bullshit. In the beginning of the Da Vinci Code book, the guy walks up. to It's a first person narrative. The guy walks up to a mirror and fucking describes himself to himself, <laughs> basically, like to you, but to... Like, and so you were like, couldn't think of a way to tell us how this guy looked. <laughs> Even though I still watched the movie. I threw that book away in an airport bathroom. <laughs> Halfway through it. Like, I was like, I fucking don't want it. I'm done with the done. Code. The flight is over. Uh, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, this is one of the hackier Michael Crichton books. Like, the Deadline Michael Crichton book. It, and it might have been a fun read. Like, a fun beach read. Well, yeah. and you probably also had the Hollywood push Jurassic Park was such a success. Hey, let's find another Crichton piece. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And yeah, that was the time after like Stephen King had just been this phenomenal well of like fantastic one after another good stories, even if they weren't perfect stories. They're pretty good. You know, they had you, you had, they had you interested. Tommy Knockers. Not the best Stephen King property. Tommy knockers, Tommy knockers. Yeah, but it's stuck in my head. Yeah, you know? because Stephen King had those those wins back then. While at the same time, like writing serious shit like Dolores Claiborne. So Michael Crichton was being followed, run down in the same fashion. But they should have known because this man wrote the screenplay for Westworld, <laughs> which made a great HBO series. But if you go back, that movie does not hold up. We recently watched the original Westworld. You know that that was Arnold Schwarzenegger's entire Terminator thing was he was like, I'm just going to do Yul Brenner from Westworld. This Terminator walk was the Yul Brenner, Brenner walk. And then I just think of fucking the King and I. That's straight where my fucking brain goes. <laughs> Yul Brenner just like dancing around like this bald, beautiful gazelle. But without the shine in the eye. Without, yeah, with kind of a, a dead eye. <laughs> 
one of the other things just to mention when they're at some point in the expedition laura linney reaches out to the headquarters to talk to the ceo of the telecommunications company peter's playing with amy in the background the satellite crashes they lose feed he sends in a second team yeah they seem very dismissive of the gorilla and the trainers for like you tricked them into taking you with them and you know now that you mention it did they even do you think he was even aware in the storyline that she had picked them up did he know I don't that know. she had picked up the gorilla and the primatologist with the romanian philanthropist because they he needed charted, gas they money. needed the cover of taking the, the because money. herkimer couldn't pull the off gorilla the, yeah <laughs> herkimer couldn't pull off the money for gas that's how laura linney got in yeah it's a lot of plot threads man yeah it's it they should they should have pulled the good parts out and, and I like adaptations of things, mm-hmm. but I'm fully aware that you can't turn. This was probably an 800 page book because this was the time Michael Crichton, Stephen King, Dean Koontz, they were pumping out 800 page books mm-hmm. every couple fucking months. Yeah. Maybe you give this movie the extra half hour, 45 minutes yeah, maybe, uh, and a little more personal touch. Like, I'm okay if it, you take a good book and then take the really juicy parts out of it and make a really good movie out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset about The Shining, Stephen King. <laughs> I don't want to see hedge animals. <laughs> I did. I, well, I, we did in the nineties with Steven Weber and the fucking terrible shining miniseries. <laughs> you know, when that came out, it was such a big deal. I did not watch it as a kid. I was like, eh. yeah, because that was like his redemption. Like I'm going to re I'm going to make it the way it was supposed to be like, yeah, but that was the time of the bad CBS miniseries. Yeah, man, you should have stuck with Wings. And they were trying to make Dean Koontz ones. I, there were probably some Michael Crichton miniseries. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there had to be one. I'm sure something came there. up in there. So they were buying, but this was not the juiciest thing. It was just. No, it was the adventure fantasy part of it. Like I said, played a little heavier, I think, because that action genre at the time in the 90s, you could do that. It yeah, didn't have to be. Sure so serious yeah we wanted adventure movies around that time just adventure tim curry's best line in this movie i wrote it down have your laughing and i will have mine (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck does that mean okay so i i just while we're on that real quick rudy 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 (laughs) (laughs) they have to change the password at the telecommunications headquarters because everything's on lockdown oh yeah and so that's the rudy 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 something about that sticks in my head you know i watched the batman right after this Mm -hmm. and when we sat down to do this today i was like fuck i i don't even remember some of the things that i was thinking about last night because it wasn't like batman was so good that it wiped my memory of this movie it was just that this movie didn't stick with me in the 90s because It's just kind of what it is, that kind of 90s movie. It's a pretty good example of like the shit we were being fed back then. It's But that's what the 90s was. A lot of those action movies that people love, swear by some of the best action movies ever. I watch them now with the CGI that I've been subjected to and then the slightly deeper storylines at times. Yeah, man, I'd rather go back and watch fucking Medicine Man or something. They fall. (laughs) (laughs) Medicine Man had that different vibe, but you know, Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that Commando was just like, oh yeah. To me, I go back to watch Commando and I'm like, what's the body count? was starting to get like real fucking popular. Chuck Norris was like something people were taking seriously. Hard to kill under siege. Um, Navy SEAL. Yeah, Jean-Claude Vietnam. What a weird time of action stars. And I guess we still are kind of having that. Yeah. Street yeah. Fighter was a movie yeah. that happened in the 90s. Well, that was when they were just trying to make video game movies. But video games didn't even have stories then. Yeah, <laughs> so trying, <laughs> you figure it out, people. Yeah. We're going to make ghosts and goblins. <laughs> 
But no, I mean, you get a movie like this where, you know, one of my favorite lines, Delroy Lindo, stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> oh, that was the best part of the whole movie. I'm glad you remembered that. Stop because eating that, that, my sesame that cake. That was one of the things I remembered. <laughs> and he treats him like shit the whole time in the conversation. He's getting paid off by the expedition so they can move forward. Yeah. And throughout the whole mo- movie, Tim Curry just gets shit on. I feel like the movie was really dependent on, like, I don't know anything about African politics or changing of governments in the 90s or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm no expert on that. But I feel like... There was a lot of were, unrest. I feel like they were also counting on, you didn't know, anyway. All movies portrayed Africa. And there was being, just a generalization. Yeah. You didn't need to know facts. You just assumed that, okay, here in this province, there's going to be a warlord. He's trying to claim something, and he's probably a really bad guy. Yeah, I guess we still do that. And maybe Africa is like that, but I don't really know. No, yeah. it's the thing. There was the thing. There were kidnappings in the last few years. Yeah, I guess. Um, things like that. 96, I was just a kid, and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, but, you oh, were. Yeah, the fucking Rwanda and all that stuff was back then. Black Hawk Down, Somalia. But, I mean, in the end, they find the, the diamond mine. The lost city of and Zinj. And it's being guarded by mass. I feel like the main thing of this movie was this movie was a monster movie. About the killer gorilla. But there's a reason we haven't talked about it this entire conversation. Is we, we kept saying like there were big mutant gorillas, but that's not what this movie is. Like this movie is people trying to get to the diamond mine. They mm-hmm. get there, sort of tease you with Bruce Campbell in the beginning of it. It was just me. <laughs> They're just teasing me. I was like, this is a Bruce Campbell movie. Nope. No. <laughs> five minutes. No. You get your five minutes of fame with Bruce Campbell. Poor Bruce Campbell. Yep. Couldn't it's just the- dark man's last face. <laughs> <laughs> was that the original or was it Die Dark Man Die? Die Dark Man Die is underrated. It's interesting watching these movies that are out of their time now. No, there's so much because Congo, I was excited when it was on HBO as a kid. I was, Congo's on. See, I think I only watched it like once around the time it came out on, like it was available for rent and my mom was like, yeah, sure. But the point that I had originally made was this movie is a monster movie about mutant gorillas (laughs) that are only in the movie for a little while. And when they're off in the distance, they're spooky. Like they did that right the night thing. What was with the black lights and the laser beams? So the camp at night, this is right before they actually enter it. For, well, they enter it. They've entered it once. They've seen that there's a, definitely the city. But Laura Linney seems to be the authority on this. And it's beca- either because she's a, used to be a CIA She's agent. an ex-CIA agent who was hired by the telecommunication company for some security purpose. I These assume. are things that I should understand because all of the dialogue is them explaining the movie to me. <laughs> but yeah, they've got a perimeter defense set up so you've got these auto turrets i guess you could call them you it know. was way overboard for well like why did you bring that stuff you were expecting these mutant gorillas because i don't think anyone was expecting mutant gorillas well in one thing in their defense they actually acknowledge that at the airport um joe pants is like do you really need a hot air balloon and she's like let me see that list they've got portable ac units for the tents they've got an air balloon they've got auto turrets similar to a scene in aliens see, that I got the cut out portable air conditioners for the tents was just to explain why no one was fucking sweating in this movie. And like they the were forest. in the fucking Congo. Yeah. Marching up mountains. There was like two scenes where anyone has sweat on their shirt. It's so weird. <clears throat> yeah, what the dirtiest anybody got was when they set up a tent yeah. in the in the in the river. <laughs> but that is something that I've noticed is like around that time in movies, we were like, fuck it. We want our actors clean. We want our beautiful people clean through this fucking dirty adventure. And I'm glad that's fucking over. Yeah. yeah. I want dirty people. I want alien. In the 70s, they made fucking Alien and everyone was dirty. It really sold the sci-fi shit to me. When you make a sci-fi movie with a bunch of clean people, (laughs) I'm not going to fucking buy it. 
you can't go on an adventure and stay clean. Even Indiana Jones was fucking dirty. It's because that hat always it always rolled away, but it always came back. Came right back. Oh my god. <laughs> the volcano scene was terrible though, because these mutant gorillas are just throwing themselves into the volcano. Like they were like, "Go, get, you fall in, you uh, fall into I'm the glad volcano." You brought that up because yeah, it, these. There's extras a point were where you're locking like, themselves into the lava. Are you throwing them in? And then there's a point where they do throw them in, but then they run past like they're trying to escape. So it's like, oh, they were in the way. Well, I feel like there should have been like some more Star Trek shots, you know, where like the bridge shakes and the camera, they just shook the camera to convey that the earth was throwing these mm-hmm. things into the thing. It was just these level still shots of guys in fucking monkey suits throwing themselves in the fucking... At the end, we lose a lot of our people who made it to the end of the journey. They didn't make it all the way. They yeah, it was got a, close. It's a weird jungle Yeti movie. You know, not to say everybody who dies, but uh, you get another Bruce Campbell shot of uh, dead Bruce Campbell holding the diamond. Probably uh, they had an old Bruce Campbell dummy laying around eaten, at Stan Winston's studio. <laughs> yeah, all of the other bodies had decomposed, but somehow Bruce Campbell's body was still there. Easily identified. E- yeah, it, you know. Could I get one more paycheck, please? <laughs> just a little bit more time a yeah. little bit, even if it's just some weird dummy that looks like me a little more and honestly though you could have given Bruce Campbell this part it would have been fine no matter what level of actor Bruce Campbell was at this time you could have given Bruce Campbell this part I don't think that it would have been a different movie <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have got that nice Bruce Campbell scream in the beginning. No, if Bruce Campbell got the role of the primatologist, it would have been a, a completely different movie with a totally different feel. Laura Linney I, being a, a maybe love he was interest, just a little too sexy. You know, they were well, like, "This guy's too sexy." So Dylan Walsh to Laura Linney, it's it's doable. Yeah, Bruce but like Campbell I said, they Linney? dropped that plot, and I don't know if it was bad editing or what, but the love tension aspect of the story was completely overshadowed they don't interact with each other for a half an hour and then she's like flirting with ernie hudson the whole time because goddamn ernie hudson is well, charming right as shit in this the killer gorillas start killing people in the diamond mine at the end amy comes to the rescue i wanted to talk about this because you had mentioned the silverback outside didn't even trust her at first yeah they ended up bonding later which is like okay he was cool he's like oh you know another chick yeah, in the squad this movie was about getting a gorilla late yeah like she let's just be clear home. she had a teddy bear and she kept being like amy my mother and then i think she was saying i'm your mother to like the scientist or something i well, kind of yeah, got that vibe so and one of the things that confused me is when they're surrounded by the apes the gorillas you think they're gonna die Amy jumps into the cave out of nowhere and she stops the killer gorillas. Why did they listen to her? I don't know because they had a cave full of fucking gorilla bones. Gorilla bones. Clearly these were fucking like made the point that these killer gorillas killed other gorillas for sport or food and or food. But yet here's Amy, an outsider from civilization brought here by the hairless ones. All of a sudden she's yelling at them with the Nintendo power glove. Uh, uh, Oh yeah. And they don't know what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, uh, uh, that stops the killer gorillas that have been trained for centuries that it's been instilled in them to kill anything and everything. But they listen to the outsider gorilla with the Nintendo power glove. I did. I appreciated after that when they escape and the volcano erupts and they're not all that far away. Because it's only as far as they could run. Oh, that's it, right. That's right. And, yeah, they were on the, foot. Oh, because Ernie Hudson's like, they know what to do. We need to get out of here. You know, like and like takes them out. But uh, so the silverback accepts her as part of his harem. And <laughs> yeah, Peter has to say his goodbye. Meanwhile, Laura Lee, the, though, the goodbye scene was pretty good. This gorilla suit is not very good. It's very moon-faced and round. 
Yeah, it wasn't as squared up as I think a gorilla's head should have been. Yeah, the animatronic was weird. We bought that pretty hard, I feel like, in 1995. It was fine then. And, you know, side note, they wanted to use the technology that they used for Jurassic Park. But at that time, they couldn't generate fur good enough. So that's why they chose not to do it. That's where Stan Winston came in. They wanted to use CGI, but CGI was only so developed at that point. I don't care. I'm always in favor of using practical effects. If you want to use practical effects and clean them up with CGI, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But like... You know, Star Wars really proved that to me because oh. these last three Star Wars were so much more practical effects that were. And there was something up with else CGI. more recently where they chose not to do CGI on a project, and I was like, "Oh, I can respect." I that. I think that's coming back around again in a good way. It's nice because now, I mean, just the the tools to do that are so much better. I really appreciate that they're doing it when they don't need to now. Like the technology is good enough. To Everybody's where all about. Can, oh, let's just let's let's generate that. Yeah, you can blend it pretty well into the movie. But oh yeah. I like seeing the practical effects. You know, even if they don't look real, I like it. It appeals to that Jim Henson kid in me. You know? (laughs) I accepted Big Bird as a real, as my lord and savior. Now, I accepted Big Bird as like a real entity when I was a small child. Hey, man, I went to Muppets on Ice in the late 80s. How tall were they? That's the thing is like they were people, man. They were pretty big. That would freak me the fuck out. They were when big. I was a kid. I was the I was that kid that was like, you know, like oh. freaked out by like uh, it wasn't clowns necessarily, but it was like anything that looked like an animal and a human mixed together fucking messed well, me up. Well, this was still back in the day though, when if it wasn't an event that was like on ice, but you went to Frank Irwin Center, the Travis County Expo Center. Yeah. There were elephant rides for kids. We were still riding elephants at the fairs at that point in life. So that's how far back that was. I rode an elephant when I was a kid. Yeah. For sure. But you don't see that that that's not so much a thing anymore. Yeah, it's well, it's fucked up. It was well, also now- a really good memory. You know, yeah. like I had a really well, good memory. Now we know more now. about yeah, I, yeah, I the handling it. and yeah. that. But when you're a kid, yeah, it was like, no, I got to ride the elephant. Yeah, not to sound paranoid about it, I had fun. I, well, not I, even that it's a disaster. That elephant does not want to be there. No, the elephant. But I mean, <clears> just because of the power of that beast, you know, like, hey, let's strap twelve kids on this metal harness on their back. Hey, th- back then I wasn't worried elephant. about it going on a rampage. Yeah, yeah. they still <laughs> no. had elephants in the circus the last time I went to the circus because why the fuck does an adult go to the circus? But <laughs> yeah, no, don't even get me started on the animal stuff right now. I've been I've been to places lately where I've seen things. The way I feel about this movie, pretty mediocre. But I didn't hate watching it. I will always watch this movie. I'll always I I will remember this movie for what it was to me back in the day. There's a nostalgia aspect to it. I I'm not know. telling anyone that it like, holds up. I would like to have. I would like to find that person that's like 22 right now and thinks Congo is a good movie. That'd be. A, I think it would be a hard find, right? I feel like it is so big budget, yet still feels like a B movie from that mm-hmm. time. I don't know. You could go either way, whether it'd be enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, not really even sure. saying it holds up. That's that's not oh, it definitely what I'm saying whatsoever. Yeah, it does not with me. I think I will always love that movie, and I will watch it from time to time for the rest of my life. Some of those movies are the best one. Congo, man, for sure. <laughs> I'd say the smart, the too damn smart. <laughs> See, I, none of those things stuck with me as much. I, I wish I was writing more stuff down. I still, from last week, fucking lines from Killing of a Sacred Deer keep popping <laughs> in my fucking head because 
but it's hard to find a movie that sticks in your head like that, where lines keep coming to you and making you laugh. See the Sesame Or like when you start laughing alone by yourself and can't (laughs) stop because you thought of some stupid fucking line from Congo. Those are the things you need to look for. The Sesame Cake line is one of my testers. When I'm talking to somebody about movies and we get to a certain point, I'll throw that out as a tester to see if they catch it to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and we'll get kind of a schedule going and I'll post on social media about the movies we have upcoming because we've been talking about the movies that we wanted to do in the future as we go forward. I think that First of all, the next movie we're going to do, we're going in cold. Neither of us have heard anything about this movie. We pretty much, we're just going to video store clerk it. We're going to look at the cover. We watched a trailer for like a few seconds of it before we watched this or did this when I was telling Frank about it. Hey man, we didn't even watch a trailer about this one. Oh no, we didn't. Okay. We didn't. So my criteria for picking (laughs) next week, we're going to be doing Witches in the Woods, which is on Showtime right now. Who knows? These things keep moving around. They just had a big shuffle, so a lot of things changed services recently. Somebody needs to make an app that is just IMDb, but it's not just going to tell you whether or not it's on fucking Amazon Prime or not. Like, tell me where it is. Be more specific. You know where it's at right now. I don't know if there's a way to find out if these things are going to be scheduled when they move or something like that, but the just scrolling through menus looking for stuff, sometimes it's not working for me. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to like, I want to watch that and then go find it. And it's nice re-watching movies. This is starting to get me to do it again because there's so much stuff pouring over. So many movies came out during the pandemic and we were just taking them down every fucking day. Several movies, whole TV shows. (laughs) And things got swept under the rug. So I want to go back and hit some of those movies that got lost in the wave, the flood of content that you got while you were sitting there just putting it in your face. You just presented this one to me right before we started this. Yeah, and this was me. The The thing I do now is my version of going through the video store and trying to find that movie that was just overlooked and might be really, really great is that I'll find something that is not necessarily the best thing, but it has that quality. And then I'll go several recommendations deep (laughs) watching trailers. And that's, I'll find something really fucking weird that way. Well, I'm interested in this one because just looking it up real quick on IMDb, it wasn't a promoted movie that I ever, I've never seen a trailer for this. It's definitely not a big budget movie. I don't recognize anyone in the cast. So this should be clean slate. But the anomaly with this one is that I didn't read any reviews of it or anything. I've strictly gone based on the fact that Amazon It's over four stars, but on IMDb, it's dead center, sitting right in the middle of the stars. It's a 4.3, which could be sketchy, or it's an undercover good movie that people, I feel, just don't understand in its entirety. On IMDb, that's out of 10, we should say. Yeah, 4.3 out of 10. It's just five stars, because I just said four stars for Amazon, which is only a five-star service. Mm -hmm. And IMDb, it's a 4.3 out of 10. which I appreciate. That's a big spectrum. Unfortunately, Amazon Prime and IMDb, same company. (laughs) I want a bigger spectrum of rating system. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the Rotten Tomatoes meta score. Maybe when we start next time, we'll have some uh, the tomato count ready. What I wanted to do for this next one was pick one cold. Find a movie based solely on the cover and some people must have really liked it if this, this is what the rating is. Yeah. And then some people 
didn't like it enough to go tell people that they didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, because on IMDb, what I've noticed for my preferences, if I'm if it's close to a five out of ten, it's a it's normally a decent movie. Yeah, there's some algorithms I trust though. Mm-hmm. Like I trust the Netflix algorithm pretty good. Not anymore. It's thumbs up, thumbs down. But I did when it was stars. And if you look at the percentage, it still has that weird exactly. percentage thing for on there. you. Yeah, the, the percentage yeah, for me is that. all right. It's yeah, pretty good. It's pretty on point, and especially for the variety of shit that every I throw now and then. It. It'll tell me not for you at all. And I'll be like, I love that. <laughs> oh, and I know we've mentioned it. I finally finished Attack of the Hollywood Cliches. Oh, yeah, it's great. If you're it? a movie TV show lover, watch that and see how much of it you've noticed yourself. God, fucking Rob Lowe was so funny hosting that. It was perfect that Rob Lowe hosted it. When Rob Lowe is sarcastic, uh-huh. it's it's better than most people <laughs> being sarcastic. And Perkins. Yeah. Oh, we didn't cover the most important thing, though. The, the climax of this movie is these fucking gorillas just being blasted with a laser. There's so much shit going on in this fucking <laughs> yeah. movie. I forgot that this laser is for <laughs> communicating, but it isn't for fucking yeah, it's, shooting gorillas. Yeah, I mean, somehow it's supposed to go into satellite technology, but they've converted into a laser to see how pure it is. Yeah, and then at the end of this movie, uh, Laura Linney blasts her employer's fucking satellite dish out of the sky. Yeah, little little sprinkle on top. But then they fly off, and what do they say? I hope the wind blows us somewhere good, and it's like, me too. So all I have to say about that is, I hope life blows me somewhere good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we've determined is Congo is it's it's a nice product of its time. Of its time, uh, it has a place in my heart for what it was when it was for sure. But uh, good luck getting your kids to watch it now. Fuck no, man! <laughs> it's not gonna your happen. kids are gonna be like putting Kanto back on. Yeah, but next week we're gonna watch Witches in the Woods, which is a horror movie. We're going in cold. We're not reading anything about it. We're not reading the don't reviews. Don't know shit about it. Don't know yeah, who's in we it. We know that the reviews are mixed. That the cover of the movie looks professional. Showtime paid money for it. I can't wait to see what the quality of the film looks like. Hopefully it's good. It's what is it? 2018, 2019? I think I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, hopefully they found a camera that's decent. Yeah. So, and it's good that Frank made me accidentally order Showtime because (laughs) I got a lot out of it. There's a a lot to be said for switching services. Netflix is talking about the ad thing, a smaller tier with ads because they've lost all these these viewers. Mm -hmm. Keep the fuck up, man. Put out more badass shit. Because you've got a really great app. The HBO app is a piece of fucking garbage. Netflix has the most functional app, in my opinion. I don't know why. Uh, Hulu also works pretty good most Hulu of the time. Hulu never keeps my place. Amazon Prime never really fucks up. So, like, if you could order all of HBO Max, but I think you can just order HBO. There is still a separate HBO app. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if you want to buy it from... Uh, Amazon. It's not HBO Max. Is it's, it? it's it's HBO. It's just I think. HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to get this piece of shit app. I watched the Batman three hours long record at least fifteen times. The movie froze, and I had to back out of the menu and go back into it fifteen times. No this way. Movie. Yeah, I shit you not. And, and when that's HBO Max, right? Yeah, and just because you have great content does not mean we should let you off the hook for this shit. Netflix's app works. It does it on the bigger new releases more than anything else. Yeah, and maybe that. it's because everybody, but you should be able to figure that out. They should, because that's a network You're issue. You're owned that's by like fucking AT&T. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, they've got money to fix the problem. Fix they it. have to know that it's a thing. Uh, any of those big ones that are the HBO exclusives, especially the ones that are like simultaneously released in theaters. What Netflix should be doing is capitalizing on whoever their fucking tech guy is who made this fucking app that never breaks, <laughs> you know, and if you're the internet problems, stuff like that. But that's the thing is if you look up, why does HBO fucking dump me every fucking 20 minutes on the way through the Batman, you just find a lot they're of going to tell you it's your fucking internet <laughs> yeah. and it's not my fucking internet. No. It's your piece of shit app. It doesn't work on any of my TVs. It doesn't work over cellular service. It doesn't fucking work when I cast to the TV, Chromecast, fucking Apple Play, any of those things. None of that shit works right. But they get movies while they're coming out in theaters, Scott. That's great. I love <laughs> HBO. I love what HBO has. I love who HBO is. But make your fucking app work. There's no reason why HBO should be this dysfunctional. I've gone on a real rant. I'm I'm red-faced and mad. Yeah, you are. I can tell. That's like <laughs> this is something that I'm passionate about. What like, happened to you is what happened to me when you shared that article with me about Split being petitioned. That's how mad I got at that bullshit. Yeah, make your fucking app work. You killed the video store. Mm -hmm. Fucking make your app work. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.